Hello, everyone. I am so excited about today's guest. She is one of my new favorite people. But before I tell you who she is, I want to talk about what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to get real here. I love to be an optimistic person. And in the past few years, I've really cultivated my mindset to see things in a more positive light. But this can be really challenging with conservation. The whole idea of conservation is that we are trying to protect species from going extinct. And we are currently in the sixth mass extinction on Earth. And what's different about this extinction is that we are causing it. So what is really going on is that, yes, species go extinct naturally, but the extinction rate is way higher than it should be under normal circumstances. And like I said, this is all caused by humans. So this can be a really tough field because people like myself... We really care about the animals, the plants, the fungi, all the organisms we're trying to protect. And it can be really heartbreaking when we have a loss. I started feeling this at a young age. I was, I'd say around eight, maybe, yeah, around eight, and I My parents and I, especially my dad and I, we would go to this pond. Actually, it was was a pretty big pond near our neighborhood. And we would go there and look at all the tadpoles in the spring and frogs in the summer. And we would catch them and, and look at them and release them back. And I just love this area. I loved looking into the water and seeing all the animals. And then... Slowly, one summer, the area started being constructed upon. It was a new development for houses, and although they did keep the pond, it didn't look the way it used to, and it was now in people's backyards, so we couldn't access it anymore. And I really felt this sense of loss, like I had lost my pond, I had lost my little pond friends maybe maybe they're back but not in the same way it wasn't really a wetlands area like like it used to be so like i said conservation can be sad you can experience this sense of loss and with so many things going on in the world now i mean with the australian fires that happened several months ago you hear half a billion animals were killed in that fire. And that's just so insurmountable. It's hard to even fathom. And stories like these can get you down. On top of all this loss and the depressing stories that can come from the news, conservation work itself is hard. If as if you're a conservation professional, if you're a scientist or work in some other aspect in conservation, education, policy, etc. But my guests today and myself, our experiences are as research scientists. And we talk about how the culture of academia is, is not conducive to optimism and 
honestly to feeling good and it causes a lot of mental health issues in students. And this is across disciplines. This is not specific to conservation or wildlife biology or ecology at all. So we are going to talk about dealing with the depression and negativity that can come with being an advocate for conservation, but also the negativity that can come from being in graduate school or in academic circles. So today's guest, she's the perfect guest to talk about these topics. Her name is Dr. Ashley Scarlett, but you might know her as Scarlett Smash. That's her alias on social media. And she is an environmental science and marine conservation scientist. And we talk about her journey to science on the podcast, but she's also training to be a yogi practitioner, and she has been on this lifelong journey of self-care and happiness. And this is really what she's devoting her life now to post-graduation after she got her PhD. She has a new podcast out. It's called The Guide to Mindful Conservation, Dancing in Pink Hiking Boots. I love that title. And I was actually already a guest on her podcast. We talked about imposter syndrome and going to therapy. So I'll put the links in the show notes for that. And she is just, she just makes me so happy to talk to her. So I highly recommend you listen to this podcast, obviously. And then afterwards, I'll share with you all of her social handles and her websites. Before we start, I also wanted to mention that I am super duper, super close to releasing my book, So the pre-sale will start very soon. I'm in the process of getting it all together and the, the Kindle Direct Publishing has been a little bit more complicated than I thought and I have some unanswered questions about some of the things I have to fill out. So I am working on that. I've been working on that all week and I had some issues with creating a business account with Amazon. But anyways... It's my, the presale is going to start very soon, either this week or next week, and the book is going to be available very soon. So with a presale, you'll be able to order a copy, but it won't be ready until another month or so. So I'm planning to release towards the end of September at the very latest mid-October. But I'm so excited about this book. It's called Getting a Job in Wildlife Biology, What It's Like and What You Really Need to Know. And it's all about my journey into wildlife biology. I share with you all of my experiences, every single job that I worked at, and my graduate school experiences. And then I share with you all of the job applications that I went through once I graduated with my PhD and which jobs I was invited back for interviews for and which jobs I wasn't. And for those jobs that I didn't get with the interviews, why I didn't get them. That's the first part of the book. Then I go into what is wildlife research like today? What it's like to be a wildlife biologist today? 
And and then the next several chapters are all about the field of wildlife biology, what jobs you can get, what types of workplaces, hire people, what kind of educational requirements you will need for those jobs, and how you can get experience. So it's really everything you need to know about becoming a wildlife biologist. I share everything with you. I am super raw and vulnerable, and I am just so excited about this book because it is just honestly really difficult to find this information out there. When I make my blog posts, I search for keywords on wildlife biology and I look at what comes up in the searches. And honestly, so many of these posts are outdated or inaccurate. So this is going to be a super helpful book for people who want to know what it's like today. And I've been applying for jobs even this year. So it's it's very up to date. It's very relevant. And I'm just so excited to, to help you guys out and to share some very useful information with you. So make sure you get on my email uh, list. So if you go to fancyscientist.com, on the right-hand side, it says, want animals in your inbox. If you just put your um, name and email in there, you'll get added to my email newsletter. And when the pre-sale starts, you will get alerted. You won't actually get animals in your inbox. You'll just get photos of animals in your inbox. But anyway, let's just get into this amazing, podcast about how Ashley, she just exudes joy and she just makes me so happy. So if you need a happiness bump, then check out this podcast today. I'm so excited. Hi, I'm Dr. Stephanie Shuttler, a wildlife biologist who's learned throughout her career studying animals that science alone cannot save species. We need you. In the Fancy Scientist podcast, you'll learn about fun animals, conservation tips, and science advice, all while breaking stereotypes about what a scientist looks like. Let's get started. Hello, Ashley. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you today. Hello, Stephanie. It's fantastic being here. So first, I'd like to ask you a question about your background. You are a scientist, but you're now transitioning to a career that involves some science communication, but also mindfulness. Can you tell us about your journey and, and how you got here? Oh, I'd love to. Okay, because it's been a big one. It's been a long you can take journey. As much, you can take as much time <laughs> as you need. Okay. Let's see. I got my PhD in environmental science and policy with a minor in marine mammals. I did my research on whale watching behaviors and the effects that it has on the marine mammals. And I really did enjoy the academic world. I taught classes at the university. I wrote a bunch of papers. I did a lot of research in other places. And I had a great time being a scientist. Then I started to become really unhappy with uh, that career, or at least the culture, the very masculine male 
the old Western science culture. And I'm, I don't know, many people would say I'm a very free spirited person. And it just started to make me feel caged in. And I wasn't as happy as I used to be. And I decided to go back to things that really made me happy, that I enjoyed, things that made me feel at one with myself. And what I did is I went back to my mindful, hippie, awakening lifestyle and embraced it because the science fields really made me feel like I had to suppress that. I came in very hippie-ish. I did a lot of retreats, mindful retreats. I went to a lot of Buddhist monasteries. I stayed there and meditated with Buddhist nuns and monks for weeks at a time. And I've always been doing meditation since I was a kid. I also was like really involved in like tarot cards and palm reading and all this stuff that comes from like a long history of Irish family. (laughs) (laughs) So I being one with the universe was really something that was natural to me. Being one with nature was really natural to me. And I thought maybe if I was a scientist and I could do that and integrate my personality with the science field, that it would all work out perfectly. It really actually didn't. And a lot of people, you know, basically shoved me to the side or felt like I was too silly, not serious enough. And I had a lot of criticism and I was like, I'm over this one. I don't want to be like you because that's horrible for you to criticize someone like that for them being happy. That was something I constantly heard is tone down your happiness. Wow. Wow. Um, That's amazing. I don't know any, I don't know anyone that wouldn't want to be happy. That's something everyone seeks, right? Happiness So I definitely got a lot of that language, that hateful language towards me. And I said, I'm over it. I'm done. I had a lot of things happen to me where research was stolen or I wasn't put on the publication because they decided to put their their best friend who wasn't even like involved in the research or oh, writ- wow. written the paper. And, and it, it's, again, it's a very cutthroat science culture. And it's an old cutthroat science culture. And so I said, bye, I'm gone. <laughs> and I just left it all. And I started to work with the Speaker for Blue Network. Because I said, okay, fine. All right, I'll do science outreach, conservation outreach. 
I have a personality. I'll be entertaining on a podcast. Sure, I'll do the Marine Conservation Happy Hour. And so if you don't if you do know the Marine Conservation Happy Hour, my name is Dr. Scarlett Smash on there. Smash is because that is for Ashley. Anyone that is a close friend or family member always called me Smash. And so I have given that name to my community so then they understand that we're close, right? I'm here for you. We're close. We're on a close level. So that's how I got my name, Dr. Scarlet Smash. But so I did this science outreach on Marine Conservation Happy Hour. And it was great. And I felt like everything was going fantastic. And we had some great feedback on that. And we got a lot of people coming to me saying, I thank you so much for being so natural and being you. And I thought to myself, I can't believe that people are open to my happiness, my personality, and the honesty that I present. I don't hide who I am. I make fun of myself all the time. I don't take myself seriously. (laughs) Life is just fun for me. And I heard a lot from people saying, I I really feel like I can relate to you. And I feel like I can be more of myself now that I know that there's a scientist out there that makes mistakes or is more silly or whatever it would be that is not the standard, perfect, educational, intellectual, sturdy, stern scientist, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just so serious. Yeah, so why so serious? Yeah, exactly. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make a whole new podcast and I'm going to smash my favorite things ever. Uh, My favorite things are mindfulness and science and let's smash them together. I want to be the best friend or the close friend that maybe my community members need. And so that is when I started the guide to mindful conservation, dancing in pink hiking boots. And so far, I think that it's been doing well. Again, I had no expectations for it. That's how I always live my life. I really have no major expectations. I'm just doing it for fun and I'm doing it for people. And if it helps five people, fantastic. It helped five people. (laughs) And, And that's really just how I came about becoming a host and becoming the leader of Mindful Conservation. I love that. Yeah, where you work makes a huge difference. So I totally agree with you in general. Scientists tend to be more negative and super serious. But I worked at 
Disney World, actually, with, oh, with I scientists. Love Disney. I've always <laughs> wanted to do that. I'm so jealous. I'm, it's I work, my favorite place in the world. Yeah, I'm a big Disney fan too. I worked in the the wildlife lab there at Animal Kingdom, and I worked with PhD scientists. But because you have to be vetted by Disney, everyone was nice and happy. And there there was some serious, there was a couple of more serious scientists, but in general, happiness was a priority. And even at the Museum of Natural Sciences, where I just worked, we were working with a variety of people, educators, creative people. And it just is such a different environment because you're really, you really want to promote that excitement about science as or for outreach, even if you are a researcher. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah. If, if you do want to be a serious academic, but still want to be happy, there is some hope for you. <laughs> yeah, there's places and I have real hope. And I believe that the mindful podcast and also the conference that we're going to have, the Mindful Conference, is going to start this momentum. Mm -hmm. And in a few years, we're going to turn around and it's going to be so different when we interact with each other. And I think that we're going to have a lot more smiles on our faces. And that's that's my big hope for my community. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think even from just reading tweets and stuff, there is some change in the atmosphere. People are are ready for a change. Yeah. Yeah. Can yeah, you absolutely. explain what mindfulness is for people who don't know? Oh, yes. I love <laughs> talking about mindfulness. Oh, okay. Mindfulness is about being aware of your authentic self, your authentic feelings, your emotions, and your connection with your mind, body, and soul in the way of being very conscious and aware of your thoughts and controlling them, guiding them to the place, the feeling, and the happiness that you want. I love mindfulness so much. I, when I think of the word mindful, I immediately come to a peaceful state in my mind, my body. Everything calms down in me. My breath starts to slow down and I start to get back to the present moment, which is just so beautiful. And that could just be that breath that is coming in through my nose through my throat, filling my chest, filling my stomach, and filling me with joy. And that might sound a little fuzzy, happy, shiny, (laughs) Disney-ish, but to be honest, this is literally natural for me. And I could talk about mindfulness all the time. I, I just... I love everything about it. I love the science behind it. 
And yeah, because there's a lot of science that shows that it, it helps studies. you. Yes, absolutely. And we go through some of that on the mindful podcast and we'll go even deeper more. We'll go even deeper into all this kind of stuff. And that's all I loved. I was actually originally going to be a psychologist. This is the funny part. <laughs> I was going to be a psychologist. I literally had my entire courses lined up to graduate in psychology. And when I finally got to the end of the last year, I said, I'm not, I, you know what? Forget it. I'm not going to be a psychologist because I don't want to go to graduate school. Here, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> I completely changed my degree because I was like, nah, I'll do environmental science and policy. I already did so much uh, science in, in that. So it'll be easy to just transfer all that into it. And then here I am. I did my master's and my PhD. Who knew? Psychology and social psychology was something that I also did in my master's degree. So, you know, how the brain thinks, I'm right there. You know what I mean? How to be mindful, I'm right there. So all of this is really, honestly, the universe has created me the exact way that I am. And I feel like I have been given this background and this education so that I can be here to do the mindful podcast for people. You know what I mean? I really do want to be there for the community and anyone that's struggling with the stresses that come with our field. Yeah. And, and you mentioned that you started to feel unhappy when that was in graduate school that you started to Oh my to gosh, change? no, actually. No, it was not in grad school. It was afterwards. <laughs> it was after grad school. I was always hurt emotionally. You know what I mean? I, mm -hmm. I was always hurt. I was never really included in things. It was hard for me to make friends. And so grad school was a whole different challenge for me. But it was actually when once I graduated and got more into the field that I became very unhappy with how everything was functioning and working and how everyone was treating each other. I couldn't believe it. I didn't understand it. You know what I mean? I just, di I just didn't understand it. I'm someone that loves to work together and work in a group. I've never been the type of person that's an I, I, I. Whenever I talk to people, it's usually we, we. And then there might not be another we. <laughs> I'm just including whoever else wants to be involved. You know what I mean? Because I've always been brought up that I am who I am, not because of me. It's because of the entire community that created me. Yeah, I actually had a job interview for it was a social scientist position and I am not a social scientist by training, but I have a few publications in it and I've worked with social scientists. So in this job interview, I kept on saying we, and then I got feedback later on from somebody who I knew on the, the hiring committee. And the concern was that I couldn't conduct work independently, but I was trying to show how collaborative I was. Like here I am working with 
somebody at North Carolina State University. And here I am already working with people at the Wildlife Resource Commission. And so I was shocked by that. Stephanie, there's a perfect example (laughs) of our society that needs to be dismantled. Yeah. That uh, there's so many things that I just wish that we could just break down and make it a much healthier community and culture. I just don't think that's healthy. And it's causing a lot of people to leave too. Lots of people. Like I I know tons of people. Yes, exactly. Myself too. So I just wanted to ask you briefly, so you didn't want to go to graduate school. So what made you want to become a scientist then? And how did you end up (laughs) making that transition? (laughs) One, I've always wanted to be a mad scientist when I was a kid. I always wanted to be a Buddhist and a mad scientist. Now, how did those things, I literally did. I wanted to be a Buddhist monk and I wanted to be a mad scientist. And I was like, oh, I got to figure out which one I'm going to be. But And I just love the way that the brain thinks. I studied it all the time, just on, on my own. And that's why I went into psychology. And when I went into, uh, I changed my field to environmental science and policy. I met my advisor there and he basically really encouraged me to keep on going. And I loved learning. So I didn't want to stop. So I continued on. And then once my master's degree was finished, I was like, oh, must learn more. So I just kept on going. And then when I finally got my PhD, I looked back and said, oh, I probably should have stayed in psychology because I could have been a counselor by now. (laughs) What did you want to be with your, did you ever think about that, your end result? Um, Which one? of uh, As as a scientist, like... Did you ever think, oh, I want to work in nonprofits or did you have an ideal job? Mm. You just kept going. Yeah, I honestly wanted to be a researcher that like lived with indigenous tribes down in the Amazon and working with them and their relationship with their marine environment. And I did do some study on that in, I think it was my mass, nope, it was my first PhD project. Yes, that was my first PhD project that I did. And unfortunately, because there's so much claim over things in in the science field, I was vetoed out of that project after working on it for two years. Wow. Yeah. So that I cried. (laughs) I cried. I cried so hard, especially when I got very attached to the indigenous tribe. And I felt like I was doing something wrong by not finishing what I said I would finish. But I wasn't given that opportunity to finish because the lead scientist said, nope, that's okay. We're going to have other people come in and your service is not needed anymore. And yeah, so I cried and then I wanted to actually literally get out and not finish my dissertation and had to pick up a new project right away, flew out to 
Panama and worked with another lead scientist to help her in her long research. And that's like how I got to where I am right now. Wow. In your podcast, you also talk about the frustrations and uh, negative emotions that can go along with conservation as a whole. So even if you're not a researcher or scientist, if you're um, an advocate for conservation or maybe a citizen blogger, yeah, or or just, or even just a person concerned Mm -hmm. about um, all of the problems. Yeah. What, so how does your podcast relate to that? And what are, you, what are your, some tips that you have for people staying positive when there's so much negativity around conservation? Wonderful question. <laughs> it's well, hard. It's definitely hard. It's innately a negative subject because yeah, you're I know. Yes, trying yeah, to yeah. stop bad things from happening um, to nature. I know. And it, it is, it's a really sad and hard subject because everyone sees uh, the bad repercussions of it every day as they walk out their door. And if they are actively involved trying to save, I don't, they could be trying to save a little local park or they climb, getting involved in climate change and trying to do their part. Every, everyone can be a conservationist, I believe. Everyone's involved in this. And it just becomes a very big gloom and doom feel all the time. So what do we do to make sure that we don't burn out? What do we do to make sure that we stay continue, continue to stay positive? A lot of that has to do with self-care. That's the one thing that our science field, and even the conservation field in general, because the conservation science field is very broad. And again, it can involve everyone, right? It doesn't have, you don't have to have a degree. You just have to care about the environment. And that field doesn't give you time. It doesn't train you to be resistant of the harsh realities that come your way. And the only way to do so is to take care of yourself. So in our podcast, we talk a lot about self-love. We talk a lot about compassion and care. There's, There's so much. I can't tell you. This subject is so broad that we'll be talking forever. We're going to constantly have conversations about how we can take care of ourselves and be mindful in the conservation field. What I have decided to do to extend my hand out more to my community is getting, is becoming a yogi. So I'm getting my yoga certificate and I'm basically going to become a meditation master And I will be doing things on the podcast and providing meditation yoga sessions where people can calm themselves down, calm their thoughts down, 
and let themselves reconnect to who they are so then they can think better, they can take care of themselves better, and they can handle these challenges and hard emotions that come along the way. That's great. I love that. And what was I going to (laughs) say? I'll edit this part out. Oh, yeah. So many people, I think that when you say something like self-care, they think of like bubble baths and massages and yes, stuff like that. Yes, go ahead. Absolutely. No, that's, <laughs> no, that's absolutely, great. Stephanie. But I, I want to mention that being in nature is actually a lot of self-care. And there's research to show that there's a lot of mental health benefits from being yes. in nature. And yes. it doesn't even have to be like pristine nature. It can be just sitting amongst the trees in your backyard or yes. even just like looking at the trees when you're walking around. We we are part of nature. So us constantly being in our house is not healthy. So we need to go back and connect to what we are a part of. So it's, again, we are social beings, right? And people think that because we're social beings, we need to be around other beings. And that is true. But we are also part of nature and we must go back to mother nature to feel the full connectiveness of who we are. And the more connected people are with nature, the more likely we're going to conserve it as a society. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think people think about those connections at all. Like when you talk about mindfulness and conservation, they seem like very separate subjects, but they're really innately connected. Oh, actually, yeah, no, actually... There are a few people that have talked about this subject where um, connecting yourself in nature, and that's what they considered was, I basically, there were some people that have made programs where you're mindful in nature. And so they have like retreats and stuff like that, where you get mindfully connected into nature. So yeah, there are things that are already created that are touching that kind of subject, which is fantastic. So it's wonderful, but you're absolutely right. The topic is not widely spread. And so it is something that we actually, I have an interview this Thursday. Yeah, this Thursday. And we're going to be talking to someone about connecting to nature and how to do that. Yeah, it's just, again, mindful conservation is a huge umbrella and there's all these little things that are underneath it and connecting with nature is just a little part of it. And you mentioned that you have a conference coming up about this whole topic. Can you tell us about that? Yes, yes. We're all so excited about it. So this is basically... This is your time. This is your time to come and get connected with like-minded conservationists. You don't have to be a scientist. You could just be someone that really feels the need and or has felt a lot of stress, wants to re be reborn or wants to get a little bit more motivation or coping tools on how to be and this is what I call them 
the guardians, my mindful guardians of mother nature. And so this mindful conference will be virtual and it'll be a week long and we're going to be, the topics are going to be, I'm just, I'm sorry. It's so hard for me to talk because I get so excited and I I want to tell you all the topics. No, I love that. Keep going. (laughs) But we're going to have interactive interactive sessions. We're going to have meditation sessions. We're going to have yoga sessions. We're going to have really incredible speakers. And we're going to actually be putting up the itinerary very soon. It should be coming, it should be coming up in September. And so you guys can t- go ahead and look at the itinerary and see which sessions you want to join. Most of them will be included in the one price package. But if you decide you would rather do one of our all day workshops or half a day workshops with their very interactive and their special sessions with our really special people. And you can go to my business website, which is absolutely smashing events and consulting, smashing for smash. (laughs) And that's what I do. I try to coordinate events and do mindful consulting. That is fantastic. I'm definitely going to go to that conference. No, you're so going to be there. You're going to <laughs> and have I'm going to be there too. You're go- yes, you're going to have a business session in it. <laughs> yes, don't What do you mean you're going to be Yes. <laughs> well, I will be attending all of the other sessions as well. This is Oh yeah, right up my mean, alley. The things that we've talked about and the things that people are going to learn and what they're going to benefit, just emotional benefit, uh, just the tools that they're going to, they're going to learn. I just can't tell you how much this is just going to rejuvenate you. It's going to rejuvenate your soul. It's going to, it's going to revitalize your passion. And, and again, what it's going to do is it's going to create a really good support network of all these really loving people. And it's going to create this really good, safe, wonderful, compassionate environment. And we're very psyched about this. Is there going to be a way for people to connect afterward? Oh, yeah. The Basically, what's going to happen is there's going my company is going to have a membership and so this membership it is very cheap to to become a member but basically we check up on you we'll have an we're gonna have a constant communication um, line open and then we check in and we'll have these online um, workshops or event sessions. I will have yoga sessions, meditation sessions. There'll also be videos, yoga videos and yoga guided yoga. I mean, sorry, guided meditation videos that'll just be for the members. And yeah, it's, and honestly, it's just everyone collaborating and getting together. I won't be, um, I won't be the one 
leading every workshop. I'll be involved, but I'm always going to be grabbing the experts. And that's what's so important about mindful conservation is we must collaborate. So I'm going to be grabbing all these fantastic people that are going to come in and give their all and their all of their knowledge to our members. And it's going to be, I'm so excited. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. I'm I'm excited for it. Definitely. Yeah, it's gonna be great. My last question for you is: Okay, so we have the conference and we have your amazing podcast, but what is something that listeners can do right away to start to de-stress or become more mindful? Mm. Do you have a tip for them? Yes, I do. Silence. Literally taking a moment of silence. It might sound too simple, but it's actually very hard for us. We get uncomfortable with silence. People start fidgeting and wondering, should they say something when everyone in the room gets silent? But it's the most precious moment because you're letting yourself calm and be still, calming the mind, focusing on that beautiful breath that is coming inside your body and being silent. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I, every single time I'm telling you, I'm a very busy person. I actually have to schedule in a day off for myself. I literally have to schedule a day in and and I literally say me day. I have to make sure that I do nothing, but just do everything, whatever I want. If it's a bubble bath or whatever it is, I have to do that. But, but during the day, I literally stop. And I listen to nothing. I listen to just my breath. And I get to a point of silence. And that silence becomes not a fear, but a comfort. That's great. I am definitely not there yet with silence. I'm ready for you. Come (laughs) zoom in with me and we'll do lots of meditation. Yeah. Silence is still tough for me. I do meditations, but um, usually they're guided meditations. I even find talking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I even find, I remember when I did my field seasons, it was so uncomfortable to just be like silent at night because whenever I walk into my room, I just turn on my TV and even if I'm working, I'll, I'll sometimes have TV on as, in the background, like shows I've watched before that yes. I know really well. Um, but you're so right. It's it so really difficult helpful. for people and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it and I want other people to love it. And I, I want other people to feel how great it feels to not worry, to not doubt, to not have fear, to not stress, to not be depressed. Again, I came from a very rough background, so I've been through. I've I'm right there with you. I felt it. I felt it, you guys. I <laughs> lots of therapy, but you can get to a point that you're not scared. You're not scared, and you love the silence, and you love the way that your it feels when your brain has quieted down. 
And I got a chance to talk with Ashley about therapy on her podcast. So I'll definitely link to that in the show notes. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. That was so much fun. That was so much fun. We had a great time. Well, thank you so much for being here. I learned so much about you and I'm so excited for this conference. I know, Stephanie. This has been an honor and I thank you so much for having me. Once again, thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on the podcast. I could talk to you forever. And I actually really want to have her back to talk about her research on whale watching because I am so into ecotourism and doing ethical ecotourism. I have a whole section on my blog about it. Anyway, Dr. Ashley Scarlett, her podcast is The Guide to Mindful Conservation, Dancing in Pink Hiking Boots. I highly recommend it. And her Twitter is at Dr. Scarlett Smash. Her Instagram is the same handle. She has a website, which is absolutely smashing LLC. On that website, you will find a link for the mindful conference that we were talking about. I will also put a link in the show notes, and it looks like she's inviting me to be a speaker at that. So I am super excited about going to that conference. This week, I am still uploading my YouTube videos on imposter syndrome. I've been a little bit slower than usual because I'm actually in Buffalo visiting my family and I've been spending a lot of family time together. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I answer every single email and I love hearing from you guys. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have an amazing day. Be kind to each other and be kind to animals always.